Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. How you living, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. By the way, you know, as we sit here, our view is obstructed. It is. It really is. We're bunkered in. You have survived a strange event yesterday, which is good. Quite strange, yeah. And, you know, shout out to our guy Paco once again. Paco, second delivering. shout out in a month for Paco on Cleveland Browns Daily. He's getting it done. Getting it done. Uh, you know, I'm good. Weather again remains tough, remains less than ideal, but whatevs. What I what I'm not what I miss is, and I'll be honest with you, because we're here on a Thursday. Yep. I at this time of the year, like the gap between the games, like now I get why there's a Monday and a Thursday and a Sunday. Like we're I, used to it. I'm we're used, used to, to it. a game coming every. There's other not enough day. going on in the week. No, no. Sports wise, Mm-mm. like, and I'm sorry. Love the association. Love the Cavs, but like you get basically, if you're a basketball fan, you can watch March Madness in March and then come back to the association in what May, like mid April. Sure. And you get a two, you get two months of playoffs. There's no sense of urgency to any of it. You get two months of playoffs to watch it all. There's no sense of urgency to anything in the association. And, and they are, and this is, you know, we talked about this with the Luka Doncic sitting out and then the Warriors guys set out I on to Friday. Bring that up. Yeah, I saw you said the Jimmy Buckets kid did 4,000 miles just to see Jimmy Buckets. Well, apparently that was a work. Apparently really? that kid did the same thing in Golden State. Like, did had like a sign that said, I came 8,000 miles to see Steph Curry. Give me well, a Well, the math adds up. So that's his, that's his. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe he that's travels. what he does. Like, he just travels around as a little kid and does this. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it doesn't take away from the fact that it happened here twice. Uh, with the Warriors last Friday, it happened with Luka Doncic earlier in the season, um, and it's man, I'm really passionate about it because what what I have found, and fortunate to be able to live in a world and be able to do this, but I find that with kids my kids' age, that experiences trump gifts. Yep, that th- they're not into toys. No, like we were. No, as kids. they don't. They don't. They're not getting the Millennium Falcon. Like no. that's not where they're. At. So what you try to do is you provide experiences. And so a lot of times that's wrapped up in a sporting event. Yep. I mean, for my kids, it almost always is. And it was for a buddy of mine with the with the Mavericks game with, with Luca. And you, when you go to a Cavaliers game and you're going to try and sit in decent seats, you're trying to sit in the lower bowl, let's say. Not cheap. A couple hundred bucks minimum. You're not getting in there for less than $200. There's no chance on a, a seat. A seat per. Per. Yeah. yeah. So – you can do the quick math on a thousand bucks for four. You haven't parked. You haven't bought dinner. You're going to buy something in the merch place, whatever. Like you're dropping over a thousand dollars going to Disney. Yeah. So you're, t- you're dropping about a grand on a night by the time all is said and done. And honestly, even if you're not, even if you're somebody who, it, who it's, you're spending your last, you're spending $200 to sit up that $200 to you is just as important, if not more. So maybe in many instances to the thousand in the below, Regardless, it, it really doesn't matter. There has got to be some integrity with what you're purchasing. And you cannot have it. Look, on Broadway, if you're going to go see you're going to go see Hamilton, 
when Lin Manuel Miranda was was doing it. Like they have a schedule when the understudies are in. Yes. It's known. It is known. It is known. So like And it's okay. factored in and it's factored into the cost. To the price. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna see Hamilton, but you're not gonna get Lin Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay, fine. I still want to see it. It'll be different. And so the the pricing is reflected. And I say the same thing here. Like, all right, no Luca, your ticket that was two twenty five on the secondary market, we're giving you back two hundred bucks. Here's twenty five bucks. That's what it ought to cost you if I don't get Luca. If I don't get Steph and Clay and Draymond, that what happened here last Friday, that's a joke, man. It's a joke. Yeah. And until there's refunding of money and, and it hurts oh, Donovan people, Mitchell, right? Donovan Mitchell also is out that game. He's injured though, right? A little bit. Like but I'm saying, like this if was you were going to see day. that game. Yes, the you four people you, getting... you wanted to see. That's a top four. Yeah. Maybe Mobley's, you know, in there in with Garland. Draymond. Sure, yeah. but like, but the, the, the whole point is, you're seeing the visitor. You're seeing, yes, you yeah. see your team 41 times. Yeah, you know, you ought to be able to have certainty of what you're seeing coming in. Um, and it's a joke, and it, yeah. it really is. Kerr addressed it um, in the post game here on Friday. Um, the, I, I've, it's starting to garner a little bit of attention. Uh, Bill Simmons talked about it on his podcast, uh, that it's an absolute joke and I've seen ESPN even pick up on it. Um, that's where it has to hit. It's got to hit in the pocketbook. There has to be some guarantees of, of knowing what you're buying when you buy a ticket to an NBA game. Cause it's fraud, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. You're, you're not wrong. It's funny. I was looking follow one of those guys, and maybe it's like seven super seventy sports or whatever on yeah. Twitter where they post stuff. And there he was. It was right after one of these kind of load scandals happened. And I watched a clip of a guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. I forget his name, but a player for the Milwaukee Bucks shooting a free throw while wearing a neck brace and playing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you know what's so crazy is you think about the old days, right? With in baseball. Every starter threw 300-plus innings. Yeah. And I'm talking like 70s without yeah. the advancements in medicine and training and all this. They'd throw 300 innings. They'd pitch into the 7th, 8th. They'd throw the number of complete games that starting pitchers would throw back then. And then now guys can't throw. You know, They're on pitch counts or their elbows yep. explode. It feels like we're going backwards. We are. And I do think that some of that is we are pushing the envelope. We are pushing it. We are pushing the envelope, and we're pushing it earlier. Uh, yeah. Kids are throwing – constantly year round and if you want to use the baseball same thing with ligaments in basketball knees um you know that that type of stuff you, like can't you, grow should, them. you shouldn't be having knee surgery when you're in the sixth grade like but that that happens that type of stuff happens um yeah, that's crazy i think that the load management stuff um i i don't recall i don't recall kobe doing it i pulled up his basketball reference um and it looks to me, I mean, they're, they're, he didn't play, he only played 82 twice, um, but there were always knocks with him, like he had injuries and stuff. Sure. I don't remember him ever load managing, but what it's possible that he did. Well, that's the one that's, that, that's, that's, you want your trump card. It's the Jordan trump card on the load management. Jordan played 82 games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. He played 81, 80 in addition to that. Every time that he didn't play the full slate, it was an injury. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. And I don't here's get the it. other deal, dude. It. Like, you don't even need. This is what I would tell. When I was in my twenties, I could do, I could do anything every day. Of course, the the other thing that would that I think is a solution to it is, you don't need. You don't need Steph Curry playing 38 minutes here last Friday. Go play 25 yeah, if you want to shoot up seven threes. Yeah, show, give run around, a little something. Run up, yeah. I mean, do like the Globetrotters. Trotters. Right, make a bounce floater. around, make a couple shots. 
all right, see you later, fine. But to not do it at all is the issue. And honestly, there isn't another professional sport that does this. Football doesn't have this problem other than the last game of the regular season, if you've already clinched. There's uh, Hockey does not have this problem at all. No. They play through. Uh, baseball, veteran day off, but usually that's part of a three-game series. Right, you're going to see that the person You'll will play him. in your town. He'll play in your town. You might not get a pitcher, but that rotation's known. That's known. But everything else you'll see. You're going to position get players you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to get Mike Trout. He comes to Cleveland, they're going to play. That's the deal. So the only one that this happens is basketball. That's it. And it's it's regular seasons becoming more and more meaningless. Completely, yeah. Because now you get what ten teams have the ability to make the playoffs in a conference. Yeah, because they have the because the play-ins. Yeah. So like the regular season doesn't matter at all. No. And none of those teams I think care about home court advantage. None. Of, I don't think that matters no. at all. And then you get two months. The playoffs two months. You can get in your groove. Best of seven every time through. Yeah. It was, you know, it used to be best five, of five, right. and then to seven. Um, Rex Chapman one time held the record for most threes in a five-game series. Gosh, that's great. So great. Uh, yesterday, NBC picked out his uh, his AAU specifications, and he went. He wanted three. And I said, ah, oh, you're going to love it. That's going to be great. Why? Um, I don't know, because he likes to shoot a lot of them. But, yeah, but then I said, is, who's three? Well, he's a, he's a Kentucky guy. So, I, you know, and Does, he, he's he knows aware Rex? of Rex. Yeah, for sure. King so Rex. he's aware of King Rex. Yeah. The boy, one, boy yeah. you'd wonder. Well, also Drazen. Yeah, there's a lot of good threes out there. Yeah, there's a lot of good you got to get him some, throw him some Drazen tape. People don't realize how good Drazen was. Like, did you know his he son lit up Jordan? Dra oh, not Drazen. No, that was Peja. No, Drazen was unbelievable. Yeah. Peja was great too. Um, yeah, Drazen was an all-time. Peja's son is what? Peja's son is a McDonald's All-American oh, yeah. with Bronny James. I bet he's gonna be nice. I'm sure he knows how to shoot it. I bet he does. Yeah, well, he had, and he had that little kind of like very high. Well, it was side, also a side side of his head a little bit, and yeah. he would flick side. Yeah. Like that. A little not Pedro to his game. Not yeah. Pedro would shoot it over here because of his stigmatism, he would say. He would shoot it over here. <laughs> At what point did you start questioning his reasoning for stuff? Uh, At what age were you I, like, I feel huh, like interesting. Like because NBC hits me with that now. He's eleven. Yeah. Like, and if I spit him some nonsense, like he'll look at me kind of side eyed, like, hmm. I think middle school. I was gonna say like mid mid to late middle school. And certainly in high school. Then, yeah, then you're like all the, in. Yeah, the the gig was up at that point for him. I was, I was, I was on to him. I was on to him. So I'm trying out the smoker tonight, first time. So I'm very yep. pleased about that. I got some pork tenderloins right now, marinating in a what mix. What are you marinating them in? Mix. Uh, B. Lynch, great yes. human. There he is. Yes, we love this guy. Love that guy. Uh, marinating. Even he's trying to navigate. This. Yeah, he can't. It's it's treacherous in there. Where he's do you go? Come this you gotta yeah, come, come around. On. He's gotta walk the orange aisle, then... baby. There it is. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Oh, he's on he's it. Shuffling. He's got, he's got it. Stay low. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go in this one now. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Because this was that's No, just labyrinth. go there. I just, didn't even know where I was. Just go there and come strip steps. I ran into Jay back there. I didn't even oh, know yeah, there were Jay. offices. I love Jay. But I mean, why? I didn't know there were even Jay offices back Jay there. Jay in a dark alley, though. He Scary. is back there. I know. Yeah. yeah. Where did he where come I was from? getting in to. So I'm, gonna, I'm going that way. No, it's going to be the entrance. So it's marinating in apple juice. I like it. Honey. Sold. Little brown sugar. Yep. I have this pork rub. Okay. It's got barbecue, all that kind of, you know, paprika and yeah, yeah. all those good things. Uh, some black pepper and thyme. And then I whisked, I, like it. I whisked it. Very satisfying to whisk in a bowl. Did a lot of whisking. Oh, there's and a then sound that comes with it. Oh, it's so it's sad. A, it's, yeah. it, it's a great sound. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, dumped that in the bag. And so it's fully submerged, both tenderloins. And then I'm going to smoke them for about three hours is what it says. It should the time should be. And uh, this will be the first foray. Delicate cut of meat. 
the pork tenderloin. Pork tenderloin, yeah. You don't want to overcook it. guy, because you, you, it's a fine yeah. line between it going south on you. I'll have the thermometer. That's why, I, in the past, it's a sous vide. But yep. in many ways, this is similar to the sous vide in that we'll have a perfectly yeah, same thing. temperature-controlled environment. But it will be uh, – it's interesting. The sous vide puts the pork tenderloin at a little t lower temperature than the, the Traeger suggests, but I'm going to maybe split the difference and see, what, see how that comes out. What do you think – what do you anticipate being the cut of meat – where the Traeger makes the biggest difference. What's the the one meat you can't wait to make and you can't wait to smoke? So, obviously, a brisket I'm pretty pumped about. Ribs I'm pretty pumped yep, about. I like uh, that. Turkey leg. I really want to get into a turkey leg. The prime rib, I feel <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> I feel... I think that's the color. I think that's the color. I hope. It is. It is. I don't want to look again. It's not a, I... it's not a whale tail. I think it's the color of the. Don't the, say it wasn't in play at first glance, because you saw the same thing I did. Yeah, no, that's the color of, of okay. the boxer. All right. Um, okay. Interesting. Quite selection. Quite. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's what I'm looking to do. The brisket, it turns out, like I know I'm super pumped about it, but I kind of like my brisket the way that I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And it is so much work on there. Oh, it's arduous. I mean, you're in, you're out, you're yeah, henting, I'm on. foiling, I'm wrapping, I'm yeah. injecting with syringes. Like, yeah, I like where your I like where your head's at with the turkey legs. Oh, I think yeah, that's, that's going to be a real sweet spot. That's, for a guy yeah, like because you. I mean, the best part is I can have a turkey leg now for probably like ten bucks. Oh yeah, as opposed to a thousand and ten, which is what it costs to get one at Disney. Just rubbing it in already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you come back. I'll give you transformative turkey. I'm going to give you transformative turkey. Just me. That'll be me. Hold on. I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to show you one of the great pictures of our of our time. If you want to. All right. We'll we take got, a break. We got the hop. We got the hop right? coming up. Yeah. Uh, it is a mailbag Thursday edition at 2:30. We'll hit the mailbag. Bobby is already on it, man. Unbelievable amount of questions for him. Incredible Mackling, work because he's a legend. At Browns underscore daily hashtag Ask CBD. Uh, we will get those to you. Uh, get into the championship game. Have a conversation with the Hoff coming up next. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon, to Ohio on 8:50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Oh, baby. Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Vet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And now we head on the Twisted Tea hotline, brought to ah! Twisted Tea. Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. He is the MC. He is the Hoff. Oh, my God. What? Hold on. Oh, my God. What is this? Wait, we have the Hoff. Oh, my God. There's a box. There's I a don't box. Know. Is the Hoff here? Do we have the Hoff? Do we have the Hoff? He's putting it on the ground. Do we have the Hoff? Don't hassle the Hoff. Hello, gentlemen. Don't hassle ah, the Ah, there he is. Oh, the Hoff, gentlemen. the star of the Cleveland Sports Award. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Hoff, we have Hoff, just, Hoff, a visual Hoff. has just occurred. We have just been shown the holy grail oh, of hoodies. Oh, my gosh. What is happening right now? What's Tell happening? the people what's happening. You... Tell the people. All Here's right. what's happening. I'll explain. Tell the Hoff. So we have the Hoff. Hoff, Hoff is on. Hoff, are you home? Are you home? I am not. I am. I am enjoying the uh, glories of the O'Hare Airport on a layover right now. Oh my God! Huff, you are aware 
You are aware, though, that there was that this started with a a hoodie. Uh, there's a Cleveland Browns equipment staff hoodie that Zagura well, and I have, aware. He, have I'm lusted. Sure he has one. I'm sure he has several. Yeah, we've yeah. lusted after for I, years here. Oh yeah, you've got one. What yep. color do you have, Hoff? Oh yeah, what do you have? The uh, black. I think I have the gray one. I think okay. I have. Right. The, I think uh-huh. I have the gray one. If if I'm thinking uh-huh. correctly. Okay. 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 So we have lusted after these for low these many years and days, and Zagura has been. Through, I think he's coming in right now. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, I mean, we just saw it. Like equipment, is this happening? Is Are you this coming happening in right, right now? now? No, he's not coming not in yet, right now. Not yet. Not yet. Just a look. Just a look. Just there a look. will be. Just a look. We've seen it. So, Hoff, we we after all we've been through. The legendary, the great, the impeccable Brad <laughs> Mellon has decided to do, to bestow upon us our own. Oh my goodness! Hoodies of of. Oh my goodness! Code, Zagura has left the building. He's left the room. He's out of the studio. He's he's out of the studio right now. And but Mellon just held him up. Hoff, they're stunning. They're stunning accomplishments. So oh. that's why we're derailed here right now because Brad has outdone himself and oh. his pursuits of excellence. This is a, a joyous occasion. It calls for some celebration. I need to go find some bourbon somewhere here in the O'Hare Airport. Oh, see where they're yeah. serving. He's he's uh, coming. He's going to come back. He's going to come back after the Huff. Oh. Huff, these are. This would probably be like when you get the Hager Gold Jacket. This would be the equivalent for, for us. us. That's yeah. right. This will be the equivalent for us. This is it. This is it. Oh, and I'm, I'm like I'm just, just combobulating you guys right now. Yeah, it's this a stunning, a stunning function accomplishment. All right, so we'll let's focus. We're big okay. bees. We'll, okay, we'll dial in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Yep, get got, gather, gather. I mean, I just can't believe what I saw. I didn't even <laughs> want to look at it. It was kind of like looking at the sun. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sports awards <laughs> last night. You crushed. Uh, rave reviews by all. I mean, the only thing I've heard with a more positive review is like Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes. It appears yeah. you, you absolutely crushed it. Um, give me a level of one of those. Is it was it one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'll do this, and then. At any point in the lead-up, were you like, what have I done? What have I gotten into with the monologue? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, they, they call in the fall, and they're like, hey, we want you to be the host. And you know, I, I've hosted the Wisconsin Sports Awards, and I've done a few similar-type hosting events. But typically, it's like, all right, here's your script. You can read it. You know, maybe we'll give you a, uh, a teleprompter. So, hey, I may be an offensive lineman. I did go to Wisconsin, but I still can read. You know, I can stand up in front of people and read off of uh, a script. But all of a sudden, I'm in Mexico, and I get home on this last Saturday night. From and, of course, I was boogie boarding and enjoying tacos outdoors in Puerto Vallarta. Yes. And so I wasn't thinking about the real world. And so I get home, and I get this email, and it's like, oh, by the way, you have to write your own 10-minute monologue, and you got to memorize it. At the beginning of the show, and by the way, it what? better be funny. I'm like, okay, we got some problems here because first <laughs> no of prompter? all, I've never done stand-up comedy. No prompter, nothing. And I was not exactly aware of that going into it. I thought, you know what? I can announce a few people up on stage. I can sure. read the card, welcome everybody, thank yeah. everybody. Like that's a no-brainer. But all of a sudden, the tables were turned immediately on Sunday when I hit reality, putting my feet in the snow in Wisconsin and realizing that I got a big task ahead of me here for Wednesday night. Uh, so I had to dial up a few favors, ask some people that have actually been in that situation before, had to write those type of things, leaned on them heavily. And I think the results were good. I personally had a lot of fun being on stage. I think I talked to Z this morning. I texted him. I said, you know, as a lineman, it's a little weird being in the spotlight because usually you're in the spotlight and you for got the stage when it's like, 
holding number 73 and everyone's like, oh, not again. Or like, you know, sack. Who gave up that sack? Oh, left tackle. You know, but like actually having the spotlight on you when you have an opportunity to make a few people laugh and giggle and just enjoy that moment was, it was unique for me and it was really special and it was a great night. First of all, that's awesome. Second of all, you probably got a little practice for what's going to happen down the road in Canton, right? Because you're going to have – there will be a speech there. a little practice. Yeah, so you got a little practice there. So a few more eyes in Canton. (laughs) A few more eyes. A few more eyeballs. The world, the eyes of the world. (laughs) Yes, yes. A few more. Um, So you – 10 minutes, good, smart, good time. I was at one of those where somebody went about 30, Ah. and I – it was – everybody in there wanted – it was almost like a mass – Euthanasia, peace, help us, get us out of the situation. So I saw. Was it Bill Walton by any chance? Because I was at that one. No, no, and I will not name. Names. Oh God, he went to no like names, forty-five please. minutes. Good lord, <laughs> too much. That's all too right, much. No names. No names. So, all right, so <laughs> what did you feel was your what? What landed the best from based on Twitter? It felt like you got into a great Billy Manzel story that really, really landed. Did, was that, did that feel the best to you? And, and, and if not, what was, what was your best bit? What did people really seem to enjoy? Yeah, everybody, everybody always loves the Billy Manziel Vegas story. And I think I brought it around that, you know, it was not surprising to me that Billy Manziel goes out to Vegas when he should be studying film and being with his teammates. The surprising <laughs> thing for me was that once he gets to Vegas, he buys a blonde wig, the Groucho glasses, which is a big nose, big mustache, big black rim glasses, changes his first name from Johnny to Billy, but leaves his last name as Manziel. Like, has anybody ever met a Manziel anywhere else in their entire life? No, no. Like, uh-uh, the one first. thing he should change is his last name. He's freaking Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, the most famous college player of our generation. So that was the surprising thing for me. I thought that one landed pretty good. But oh, God, it landed had, right uh, now. I loved it. He should have been Johnny yeah, Billy. Had some- Johnny Billy or yeah, Billy Johnson? Been. Johnny Billy, Johnny like Smith. baby Billy. Hey, I mean, that's Johnny it. John. That works so easily. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, Billy geez. the Kid. I don't know. Anything Unbelievable. Anything. Yeah, it reminded me of that Johnny Cash story, right? <laughs> like, call me Sue. Call me anything, but don't call me Sue. Call <laughs> right. me anything. Don't call him Manziel. <laughs> but that was a good one. And uh, we were talking about how Ohio has legalized gambling, and you can put in your uh, bets here still tonight. For the high school athlete of the year, you got 10 more minutes if you're that degenerate type. But uh, I like the one I said, little insider tip. I know he was the odds-on favorite, but Jadevian County will not be winning the Sportsmanship Award tonight, even though there's a lot of people putting bets on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> zing! You needed somebody on stage to hold up a sign that says, zing! Nailed it. Yeah. Oh, that's strong. That, that, that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that was, there was a, good a lot one. of laughs, and then there was a lot of groans. There were a lot of people going, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh!" So that, that was a good well, that's one. when you know you've yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, you know you've done it, right? That yeah, means you right. hit the nerve. Did you? Ooh. Hey, did you? Did you practice? Did you run it by? Do you run it by the wife? Do you? Did you have any help with, with the writing of it? Yeah. Did you really have to memorize it, or did did they not have a prompter for you? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, like I said, when. I, I was way over my skis when I said, yeah, I'll do that. That doesn't sound that hard <laughs> until I realized what it actually took. Cause I, I've got a, not the best memory in the world. So I really had to spend some time like going over it in the mirror. But uh, I was like, Hey honey, can I like give the speech to you as a trial audience? She's like, I don't care. And she's like, no, I don't have time for that. So I'm like, all right, I guess the mirror it is. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so 
Anthony Lima actually was really helpful. He's done a few of those and uh, he was awesome. Like just talking with him and getting some perspective on, Hey, you know, how, how do you link these things together with your career and maybe current events and people in the audience. And then the great Dan Murphy, you know, he's been my buddy forever. He was really awesome. Just kind of helping me with some of the flow of things with the speech. And once, once I had it put on paper and then went through it a couple of times, had a chance to just kind of say it. And then I actually used my voice memo on my phone to record it and then listen back. You yeah, know, nice. it's just like I would study film, right? Like listen yeah. back and see how it sounds when you're not just saying it, when you're actually listening back to it. Yeah. 10 minutes, by the way, is a long time. It doesn't sound long like time. a long time. I think that is a long time. My thinking on, as I'm thinking, as Hoff's talking, I'm thinking 10 minutes, I would probably want five story slash jokes five yeah. or six would get me to 10 minutes yeah it's about where right. we were yep. yeah about, where yeah, we about were. a minute yep. and a half yeah thereabouts each bit little laugh laugh yuck it up and then on to the next that feels like that's the number yeah. so that that would be the yep. sweet spot on that should zagura and i be uh insulted that we weren't consulted are we not funny enough are we not clever enough i mean what happened <laughs> Oh, I mean, no, I, I didn't want to waste your time. I didn't want you guys to have to slum it. You guys are our, our way too big valuable. time, especially now that you got these Browns equipment hoodies. You don't have time. Your time's way too valuable to spend <laughs> on a, a lowly peasant like me. First of all, you're not a lowly peasant. You're the Hoff, and it would be our honor to help you with anything in this regard. <laughs> but of all the things that you could have come back with, that was probably the best. Pretty good answer. That felt, that felt good. It made, it made me feel good still. Yep. Did you? Don't uh, worry, guys. Watch... I'm saving you guys for the more important one. This oh, boy. baby. Got in the writer's room. <laughs> yes, God. Yes, in the writer's there room. There you go. Yeah. There's those, like, like when Chris Rock would go back out on tour and they'd bring like a bunch of comedians in to help him. Yeah. Like we'll be just That's in a right. room at the Hoff's and, ranch. And after his speech, like when that rolls the credits, like we'll be we'll be in there small, but it'll like fly by in a millisecond. Just yeah. zoop. Yep. But we'll know. We'll know. That's we'll right. know. And yeah. that's all the pause it. Screenshot it. Yeah, I was going to say, I missed it. Did you look at, um, did you watch any film of, of you know, guys hosting award shows or uh, ESPY hosts, like people who hit on this stuff? Or was there any, you're, you're obviously, you do a lot of homework on a lot of things. Did you do any homework from that side yeah. of things? You know, they sent me a lot of stuff from, like, prep work with guys that have done it before. And I think I watched a little bit of it, then I found out it was just kind of, not the best use of my time because nobody else really was like a Cleveland Browns player or well, like you. had the experience that I yeah. did. And so it was, it was kind of like, it, it wasn't really helpful. So I kind of stopped watching that stuff. I'm like, let's just focus on me and my career. Just trying to think about, you know, what's going to hit with this crowd based on what I've done and my time in Cleveland. What's as you sit here and you practice for this and you mentioned the bigger one, which will be in the writing room for a great honor, very prestigious. Uh, what is it like that you wanted to communicate to people or maybe this this wasn't the right form of it that like you wanted people to know about you the player because i find you're the thing to me that separates you not only are you a fine human and, and a tremendous guy and all of that and obviously incredibly skilled but your approach and your just dedication to like the details the minutia yep. the preparation the the fact that you know you hear it's got to be a lifestyle for a quarterback well for you you made it your lifestyle to be you know, as prepared as possible. Is is that what you want people to know about you? Or what is it that you want people to know about you as a player and what made you be able to be as good as you were for so long or as great as you were? Yeah, I think for me it's probably two things. Like my analysis, I, I always took it upon myself to make sure that 
my analysis of my own play was above and beyond just what you're getting from a coaching standpoint. I want to be a critical thinker. And I think just me in general, that I, I think about stuff maybe differently, different perspective yeah, than a lot of no people. Doubt. And I, I think that's helpful. Sometimes it, it's not always helpful, but sometimes it's helpful because my wife thinks I'm kind of weird when I bring up stuff. But like within my own game, it allowed me to think outside the box to handle challenges that I thought were unique. Like, all right, how do I block Dwight Freeney's spin? Like, nobody can do it. Like, what am I seeing? What can I find that nobody else has seen before? When I played against Jason Taylor, like, he was dominating people with that long arm. And he, was, he was so good at it, but nobody could stop it. I'm like, all right, how do I think differently about this so I can handle it? And then how do I take my preparation and my plan and then practice it during the week so that when I see it on Sunday, it's not the first time I'm seeing it, right? Like, I really think, and this kind of comes from doing a lot of like reading about military and preparation. Like they're preparing for the most important thing in the world in their life, like war, like this is life and death. So they go through millions of run throughs to make sure it's perfect. Because when you go into something, there's so many things you don't know that you don't know until you actually go through a run through. And so that's what I try to do. And that's how I use my practice and my film study so that, on Sunday, it was just routine, and it was something I'd seen a million times, even though I'd actually haven't lived it before. I love it. Love the approach. Uh, off. Of course. I would expect nothing less. Uh, we've got a dandy here on Sunday. Um, you, you watch the games mm-hmm. over the weekend. Um, you, you've yeah. got four teams here, Hoff, that with these starting quarterbacks since November 1st are 35-2. and two. Woo! Um, I don't recall <laughs> four teams being this hot going into the conference championship games. We clearly Ever. have the right four teams. Uh, what do you make of the two matchups? You're exactly right. It's the first time that I can remember recently where it feels like the four best teams the last month of the season are all right here. Like there was no wild card team that kind of snuck in that you didn't expect. that kind of got hot a little bit. I thought maybe the Jaguars could be that team. They reminded me a little bit of when Big Ben – won the Super Bowl, I think, in his second year. When they were a wild card, they got hot at the end. They were playing good as a team, like they had that team thing. But obviously they got knocked off. And really, I'm, I'm excited for both of these matchups. They're both unique. You got on the NFC side, it's two teams that want to run the ball and play defense. And then on the AFC team, it's going to be Star Wars fireworks. What do you make of – just the way that the world has all of a sudden perceived, it feels like people are thinking the Chiefs have no chance, that the Bengals are an unstoppable juggernaut. They're calling it Burrowhead. Eli Apple is shooting his bazoo without a license on Twitter. The Bengals are all of a sudden heels. What do you make of all that has happened here? Yeah, it's kind of bizarre, and you know, I think it's one of the things that could potentially hurt the Bengals, right? Not that they've played the underdog role, but they've played maybe the understated role really well. And, and that starts with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and just their calm, cool collectiveness. And the fact that their defense is made up of a bunch of good players, but they don't have like stars and all pros across the board. And so they really embrace the team concept, the steadiness. And you worry that like, if all of a sudden everybody's heaping all this praise on them, how's that going to affect their preparation? Are they going to start, smelling themselves a little bit too much or they're going to start thinking like hey we got this and they forget like hey man it's pretty hard to just get here and what got us here was that sort of humble chip on our shoulder approach so i wonder if they forget that and if it bites them at all in the next potentially two games i have one question for you yeah ask it the news he's answered all of them some of the news of the day 
Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. Oh gosh. Offensive coordinator of the Jets. What's mm. what's the talk in Wisconsin? There's Schefter. There's a lot of rumors right now. He'll be traded to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers. Is there a Wisconsin uprising going on? Like, and if I'm just speaking for me, and and Bo said this too. Like staying with Green Bay is your best path to success yes. yeah. by far than going and getting into this absolute murderer's row in the AFC. Yeah, I, I would agree. The consensus in Wisconsin is like a little bit of Aaron Rodgers fatigue, to be honest. I mean, oh, over the last couple of years and the drama that's been Iowa. around him and the team and the fact that they always felt like this was the last couple of years, teams that were going to win the Super Bowl and they've, really underachieved and so i think there's plenty of people that going hey if we can trade them now and get a lot for it and like start kind of building for the future that might not be the worst timing ever because shoot i mean he may retire too like i think that's a real threat and so for people in wisconsin they're like hey whatever happens happens but i think they're finally okay with the idea that aaron Rodgers might not be their quarterback this next season done with them yeah it could be all right hoff great job last night pal Thank you for your time. It's sad and, that he was in and out oh, so thanks, fast. Guys. Oh, gosh. I mean, I any time red. Unfortunate. If, if the Hoffs in Cleveland, then we need Jervino. to see him is what you hope for. That's what I hope for. Yeah, yeah. I could have used him today while I was working out. The new workout, Hoff. Killer. It's a killer. Yeah, baby. Next time, we'll be pumping iron. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. The great Joe Thomas. Thanks, Hoff. Safe flight, buddy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll see you. All right, that's the Hoff Joe Thomas joining on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Um, so is this happening, or is there gonna I'm going to happen? I'm going to go try hour? to get him right now. Okay, well, here's the deal. Let, like, let's little, really think about this. Okay, so we think have, about it. We have, a pre, we have a, an off-season breakdown. Yep. Sal Powell's at two. Well, it's got to be. So, so it can't be at two. It can't two. be at two. Everything else it can be. It can be at two. It could be at 2.15. It could be at. 230. 230 it can't, it can't be a two because you said two Sal Powell. Two Sal Powell. So yeah. I would say 215 or now. I'm gonna go, I'm going down there now. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get him. He's he's a he is not he does not love the spotlight. But this he needs to come here. There's this is a the, journey. He doesn't have to say anything. Like he could just. Come I'd like in him and, to talk about. Well, his I would journey. too. But I, I don't. I don't know that he's going to be up for that. Or at least I don't to wanna, come in here and present. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize the article's long-awaited arriving Agreed. to us so but i feel like it's got to be whatever, proper whatever he however he wants to do it all right i'm gonna go down like he sniped us over my shoulder they're right there they're there they're there but i feel like we can't just get them off of a box it feels anticlimactic i will just tell the people when you see us in these suckers on this stream when are we going to wrap him. your head around them if he, I mean, if he stunning if he comes in we'll, we'll put him on today Whatever, however he wants to yeah. do, whatever right. he wants. I'm I mean, going to get him. I'm yeah, but if him. he doesn't want to do this, don't press. I don't want to press. Like, this is an incredible honor. We don't need to be very grateful. He needs whatever. to be honored. I understand, but his way of being honored. We do present the Brad Mellon Pursuit of Excellence Award every week. Yeah. So, so he's perfection, not just excellence. Perfection. Perfection, perfection and excellence. Both. So, so, P and E. That's right. The BMPE <laughs> is handed out every week. So I just want to make sure that that's known. I think it might be two P. BM, Brad Mellon Pursuit of Perfection Excellence. BM PPE. PPE. Yeah. BM PPE. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Been doing it for years. It's like Mbappe. That's right. All right. So you go figure that out. That could be next. Gentle tactics. Gentle tactics. What I do. Exactly. You said it. 
Browns fans, today through midnight on February 9th, head to the NFL.com slash FedEx, the NFL's official Twitter handle, or the NFL's mobile app to cast your vote for Nick Chubb as a FedEx Ground Player of the Year. 2022 FedEx Aaron Ground NFL Players of the Year will be announced during the NFL Honors on February 9th. Uh, we will either be doing a positional breakdown or we will be getting hoodies bestowed. It's all in play. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Percent in the shotgun. Third and goal. He takes the snap. He looks. He throws. Touchdown! Amari Cooper! He was wide open! Nobody covered him! And they paid! Here's Watson back. Looking, throwing, caught. Peoples-Jones got it! And he goes in! Touchdown! Donovan Peoples-Jones! Jacoby back up in the pocket, looking, throwing, Cooper's open, he's up in the air, and he caught it in the end zone, touchdown, Amari Cooper! I'm definitely learning from him, um, he has a lot of experience, um, very smart guy, you can see his success, um, just, you know, he's Amari Cooper, so it's always things to learn from him. Watch it back to pass, up in the pocket, throws wide open, Peoples Jones has it, and he's going towards the goal line, and he leaps in, touchdown, Donovan Peoples Jones! He's back, settles, looks, throws, he's got Cooper wide open, he caught it! 20, 15, 10, 5, 3 yard line, it's first and goal, it's first and goal at the 3 yard line, Amari Cooper! In the pocket, with time, throws, middle, that's caught up high, inside the 35 yard line, on the catch, it is Amari Cooper, and he's got a first down. And that gives him 1,004 on the season, Jim, the 6,000 yard season of Amari Cooper's career, and that catch couldn't have come at a bigger time. It's cool, I mean, it's something that I expect to do every year, you know, barring injury or things like that. Really just trying to, you know, reach that next level. Third down and five, he's looking left, throwing, Cooper's there, he got it. Cooper up the sideline, still going. Cooper running down the sideline, 10, five, end zone, touchdown, Amari Cooper! 46 yards! Jim, we needed that, we wanted wow. it. Thank you, Amari Cooper. Back to pass, stepping, stepping, gonna go long, Cooper's out there, he caught it! At the 15-yard line, he caught it! What a catch by Amari Cooper and the chant of Coop! All around first energy. You know, uh, all the fans being there, it's uh, very comfortable. I feel like it's been that type of experience for me this year. Well, this is it. It is the receiver position. It is our positional breakdowns. Amari Cooper, absolute theft in a trade last year for the Dallas Cowboys. 78 receptions, 1160, uh, 29 shy of his career high set in 2019, uh, 12th in the NFL. Nine touchdowns, those were a career high. Donovan Peoples-Jones continues to be an incredible find in the sixth round. 61 receptions, 839, three touchdowns for DPJ as he has established himself as a legitimate NFL number two receiver. Beyond that, shaky, very. David Bell, the rookie in 2022, uh, undraft or unrestricted free agent after 2026. Not sure how that's relevant. That? 24 receptions for 214 yards. He's a, he's a rookie. <laughs> Schwartz. He's not his rookie day. He's a Schwartz. Four receptions, 51. <laughs> Michael Woods, who is really good in camp, just five receptions for 45. Um, there are two certainties here and a bunch of questions, pal. A lot of questions, and one thing that is not a question, everybody in this room is under contract for next year. So there will only be additions. There will obviously be subtractions as well, but 
they do not have to compete to bring anybody that they would desire to bring back. There's no competition to bring anybody back there. Uh, you have everybody under contract, as I mentioned. So Amari Cooper, that's your number one. What a trade by Andrew Barry to bring him in here. His leadership, his approach to the game, Hoff-like. Yep. I mean, just the detail that he puts in there. You think about two different quarterbacks. You think about battling through an injury of his own. 1,160 yards, you mentioned nine touchdowns, 14.9 yards per catch for Amari Cooper as well, which is a full yard above his career average. And when you look at he's only bested 14.9 uh, once in his career. That was in 2019 with Dallas. He was at 15.1, but... 2020 was 12.1, 2021, 12.7, so 14.9 hit some big plays. He was uncoverable in uh, against man. There was one, you know, one hiccup, the one pass against Cincinnati. Yeah. Not so good. Who cares? We won the game, Zagura. I know. <laughs> he was great. DPJ, career high in catches, career high in yards, tied the career high. At one point, if it weren't for weather, really felt like he was at a chance to get to 1,000 yards this season. But – your third leading receiver from this group was Bell with 214 yards. Yeah. Schwartz, four for 51. Woods, five for 45. You know, Jalen Darden's a guy we brought in late in the year, a former fourth-round pick from two years ago of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, or last season, I'm sorry, the fourth-round pick last season. He's got a little juice to him. I'm curious to see, you know, maybe what he has. It was his presence on the field that cleared the way for one of our touchdowns against Pittsburgh uh, in that game, a big play. So he's got some speed. You get Grant back. He's a guy who would have been effective, you know, 400, 500 yards, make some plays for you. Weston is the big, tall, speedy guy who got hurt right away. They liked Baldwin. We saw him make a couple catches here. They like Mike Harley Jr. But the fact is, this is a room that is lacking. Now, could David Bell take a step forward? You need him to. Schwartz at this point, look, the reality is Anthony Schwartz, is. if I'm him, I'm becoming a special teams ace. If I can ever get it together as a receiver, that's a bonus. But if I want to stay in the National Football League for a while, and I think he can. I thought he was very good when he kind of transitioned to being a full-time special teams player. Yeah. Had a, uh, was great as a gunner. Um, was Almost blocked a couple of punts. He's, I think he's got some potential there. But it's clear that this is a room that is lacking a guy with speed who can play in the NFL. And, and that's what we need more than anything. And, and I think that is priority one this offseason for this room. If you threw a guy with speed out there with Amari and DPJ, you are going to be in, in a great spot. And David Bell, you know, I think it was a big acclamation for him. Let's be yeah, honest. It was. It was disappointing. Really disappointing. This yeah. guy dominated high-level competition oh, in yeah. college. Yeah, well, I remember when he was drafted, we looked at his games against Penn State, against Ohio State, against Iowa. He was great like, against the best defenses in the Big Ten. Like huge, like a couple huge of 200-yard yeah, games. right. Yep. 20 yards a catch. Yeah, I don't know if it was the extra half step in the league that made it harder for him or what, uh, but he, he struggled with it. Anthony Schwartz struggles are well-documented. Uh, Woods was good in camp, but we just haven't seen it. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think you could see two, two new faces in this room? I wouldn't be opposed. So this is what I think. Amari, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell. I think they like Michael Woods quite a bit. Jakeem Grant's going to be in the room. Yeah. So... That's five. Yeah, that's true. You know, Darden has, I guess, an opportunity. Schwartz maybe makes it as your sixth. But that's the thing. You're getting to a numbers game. It's like Amari and Donovan Peoples-Jones will be here. David Bell, they're not giving up on after his rookie year. No question. They like Woods. But, you know, other than those three, and I think Grant, if he's healthy and comes back to regain his form, he'll be on the team as your punt returner. So that's four. I don't know. I mean, Michael Woods felt like he had more juice than David Bell. 
Yeah. But then the production really, honestly, ultimately was not there for him. The production was not there for David Bell. We need somebody else who can produce in this offense. And and look, year one to year two, that's when there are a lot of jumps now. But I don't know. I, I do think that this, the number one need on offense for the Cleveland Browns is a receiver who can take the top off of the defense. I think that's yep. the number one and second might as well be eighth. Well said. Gibby wants to know which rookie wide receiver needs to take the biggest step forward in year two, Michael Woods or David Bell? I mean, he drafted Bell in the third round. So he drafted should. him to be a man of consequence. The guy was the Big Ten receiver of the year and was completely outclassed by Dotson in Washington. Yep. Not to mention <laughs> Garrett Wilson, Alave. Oh, gosh, yeah. Those are first-rounders. But, I mean, like, you needed sure. to have um, – yeah, he needs to. He's he's got to show some of the stuff that he didn't catch a showed. touchdown. No, no. I mean, if you were if you were to say to yourself, MJ Emerson was excellent. Let me just before I make the full comment yeah. here, MJ Emerson was excellent. Yep, and looks like he will be a star. And if he was a first round pick, you would have been totally pleased yep. him. Did not make an interception this year though. If you were to tell me going into this season that our three third-round picks, Emerson, Alex Wright, David Bell, would combine for zero touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions. Yeah, it's impossible. It felt impossible, yet. And yet. Fact or fiction, this is one of the top two needs on the team to address this offseason. Fact. We've said it a million times. This and defensive line. Yeah, 100%. Got to sort it out. Yes. Uh, fact or fiction, the acquisition of Amari Cooper is the biggest achievement for GM Andrew Barry since coming back as GM. fiction it's pretty good it's great but andrew barry's long-term success is going to be tied to deshaun watson and if he brought us a true franchise quarterback that will be the thing that he is most remembered for his biggest achievement and will be the thing that changes the direction of our franchise mari cooper it's great yeah but this is all about deshaun watson and yes. he was able to procure a franchise quarterback in his prime Albeit with baggage, it was one of massive. the it was one of the great acquisitions of the NFL offseason. Yeah. Amari for that price was a stunning, no doubt, stunning achievement. No, yes, doubt. when you can get a quarterback in his prime, that's a franchise quarterback. That that is where this whole operation that doesn't uh, happen. Either, yeah, there is no other swim. precedent for that. Like no. Russ is old. No, when Rodgers gets traded, he's gonna be old. No, no, there's none. No. Um, Breeze, but I don't know if anybody, he was coming off of a crazy injury and I don't know, know if anybody knew that, that he was that. Know. He was nice, but I don't know that anybody knew he would turn into what he turned into. Right. Yeah. So, and who knows what happened if he ends up in Miami? Right. Yeah. No, it's a good point. All right. Coming up next, Sal Palantonio to preview the NFC championship game. You listen to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hi, right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio. When a medical mistake causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now it's with great joy. What a treat. Joined on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. ESPN national correspondent Sal Palantonio joins us. Sal, thank you so much. Um, I was curious about this in the lead-up to this championship game, and uh, we just had Jim Schwartz here last week for his uh, 
press conference as a defensive coordinator. Everyone's going, oh, he won the press conference. He won the press conference. And I thought to myself, boy, Nick Sirianni probably had about as bad an opening press conference as you could have. And that all worked out just fine. At what point did you have a feeling that he knew what he was doing and that this thing was headed in the right direction? Not for a while, actually. i got to tell you. Um, I would say once Jalen Hurts really started to turn the corner uh, and looked like he was going to be a consistent pocket passer, that he could be a dual threat uh, and win from the pocket. And that was probably, I'm going to say, week four or week five. You know, I, I did a piece for a local magazine here, and the title of it was The Year of Living Dangerously. Because the Eagles came into this offseason not really knowing what they had at the quarterback position. You know, it was such a dumpster fire in the, uh, in the, in the playoff game, in the wildcard playoff game in Tampa against the Bucks. Jalen Hurts played poorly. The defense played poorly. And they just looked like they were just totally outclassed and outcoached. And I had real doubts going into the season and then training camp. It was one of those things where I really got to see it work. And, and work it has. You look at this offense, Sal, you know, Hertz and Sanders combined for uh, over, you know, 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns on the ground, and then you flip it, the big offseason acquisition of A.J. Brown. He goes for 1,496. He, Devontae Smith, and Goddard are, are over 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns, and that's with Goddard missing, you know, five games this season. This offense is one of the most dynamic and dangerous in the league. And I'll tell you, we saw them here for joint practices in Cleveland. And I remember Bo and I talking, being like, whoa, these guys, they looked great coming off the bus. They looked great on the field. We knew they were a team of consequence. But the way they have put it together, you know, they really can do anything offensively now. And that line, that giant, giant line. It's a very athletic offensive line. Ohio boy, Jason Kelsey. He's the one that makes it go, and I'm, as you know, I'm on the uh, Hall of Fame selection committee for Canton, Ohio, and he will definitely yes. be somebody I will be banging the table for once he retires, because I think he has uh, become the truly dominant center in the league. There's a reason why he's uh, all pro, has been all pro, will be all pro, and he's super tough, super smart does a great job with the protection. I mean, when you have a center who sets the protection for you, that's a big plus. I don't know how many centers do that throughout the league, but I don't think there's anybody who does it better than Jason Kelsey. And that has really helped Jalen Hurts accelerate his maturation process. Sal, speaking of Jalen Hurts, um, you want to talk about improbable. I mean, this guy was benched at Alabama in favor of Tua because Tua threw it better. Um, there was there was talk when he left Oklahoma that would he have to play another position. I'm sorry, Alabama, that he'd have to play maybe another position. He lands at Oklahoma, which is like quarterback finishing school under Lincoln Riley, and then ends up being a second-round pick. But I don't know that anybody really knew what he would necessarily be. And I promise you this, nobody thought he would be this good to where he's probably going to finish second in the MVP to Patrick Mahomes. Um, in terms of Hurts growth, how much of it is him? How much of it is organizational structure? How much of this surprised you? Boy, those are a lot of questions at once, so let's take them one at a time. First of all, <laughs> in my view, he is the MVP over Mahomes. Uh, if you want to look at strictly passing numbers, sure, Mahomes has that. But you know what? 
that's not what we do in the NFL. If we did that, we could just hire a bunch of accountants to figure out what the numbers are, right? Am I right about that? You don't, you you don't need guys. Who, yeah, we, we, you could just get a bunch of accountants in the room and look at the numbers and not put names on it or not put film study in or realize the perspective or, you know, the the results when the guy's not in there is astonishing. So I think he's the MVP. Now, about the development and about his – let's go first to the development. You know, he really dedicated himself. I really remember very, very, very vividly in the bowels of Raymond James Stadium. They lose to Brady and the Bucks. He's in a walking boot because he's got a busted-up ankle. He walks to the press table. He steps to the microphone. He looks at the assembled reporters, and he says, my third year starts tomorrow. So this guy gets ankle surgery. He goes to California. He works on his mechanics, footwork, delivery, accuracy with quarterback coaches out there, dedicates his entire offseason to fine-tuning his craft, comes in, puts in the work, and then leads this team like a CEO. So I think if you're asking me to put a number on it, I'm going to say 90% it's Jalen Hurts, 90 not and that's not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. I think it's him. It's the way he, you know, he's a son of a coach from Channel View, Texas. And here's the other thing, and it's interesting that you put those two questions together because I think that's brilliant. This guy's got a chip on his shoulder. He was left at the altar in Alabama. He was second in the Heisman voting. Yep. He he was drafted in the second round. This guy's got a chip on his shoulder and he's proven it he's getting it done and and one of the things that i always credit you know howie roseman with is if we're gonna go with jalen hurts let's give him a chance first round pick you know a year ago on Devonte smith then you make the trade for aj brown <clears throat> what a difference have those guys made you know and he wasn't afraid to swing at a receiver even after release you could it was a miss on jalen rager right but they said we're going to use those assets again, and they did that, and, and that duo has been spectacular. Sal, what's A.J. Brown meant, though, that acquisition, which feels like a fleecing? Yeah, you wind up getting uh, the Titans GM fired. Yeah, that's right, Titans, after a game against Titans, him. Titans came in, got embarrassed, and the ownership was like, what? What did we do? We gave away our best player, and we just got thrashed by that team. <laughs> With uh, him? <laughs> It's a gots-to-go situation, right? So, yeah, the, um, I, I, I look at Howie Roseman and I think, okay, what's the proof? Well, the proof is the Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC twice in five years. That's never happened before with a different head coach and quarterback combo. So who's the common denominator? It's the GM, Howie Roseman, executive yeah. of the year. Yeah, he is. It's it's and this it leads to this matchup where we have Sal and and the AFC is unbelievable as well. And you know, since November first, the starting quarterbacks when they're all available in these four teams are thirty five and two, uh, which is I, you've been around the game a long time. I don't recall four hotter teams all playing at once in conference championship games. The San Francisco team that comes Wait a minute, in here give me, got, give me that give me give me that give me that number again. Thirty five and two. The four teams yeah. that are playing in the conference championship games. When the with playing with these starting quarterbacks, the only loss is that it's Philly, and then it's Mahomes losing to, to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. That's it. All the rest of them are undefeated since November one. 
Okay, wow. Yeah, stunning. Exactly. It's it wild. is wow. It is. Uh, so you th- you look at this Niners team coming in and the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan and the way that this roster's been built, and and yet you have these two quarterbacks. We've mentioned Hurts and his ascent, and you can absolutely you did make an argument for him as MVP. Brock Purdy comes out of nowhere, li- almost literally out of nowhere, and he's been playing very very clean. This matchup feels like a monster monster on both sides. What's your read on it here? A couple days out. Well, first of all. Let me just say this. I've covered, what, 30 drafts? If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, here's what I do if I'm the owner of the NFL team. I literally walk into the scouting department and say, you guys are on double-secret probation from here on out. I'm not going (laughs) to fire you because you all got families, but (laughs) you better figure this out quick because there's no way that if you were in any other business, right, trucking, I don't care what it is, aerodynamic, I, you know, pick a, pick a business, and you miss that badly on an important piece of intelligence like picking a quarterback of your football team, then you have no business doing what you do because I, I am just blown away that this guy can go from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Impossible. Now, how does it happen? Stunning. It wow. is. It's crazy. You know, it is crazy. You know, you hear him, Brock Purdy, speak, and you say, this guy's got the makeup of a quarterback. You watch him play on, on TV, and you say, this guy's pretty good. Then you plug in the tape like we do on the NFL matchup show, and you say, okay, this guy's buttoned up. He's in the right place at the yep. right time. He gets out of bad plays at the line of scrimmage. I mean, come on. We got how many starts does he have? Eight. He gets out of bad plays at the line of scrimmage all the time. His ball is precise. His ball is on time. He's got command of the line of scrimmage in the huddle. I mean, he just looks, feels, smells like a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think he's at a disadvantage in Philadelphia. I think the Niners' offensive line is the real key to the game. Yep. They had trouble blocking the Cowboys, the real trouble blocking the Cowboys. And I think the Eagles' front four is better. Their pass rush scheme is better. Their coverage on the back end is better. Mm-hmm. So I think that, to me, is where the real weakness is for San Francisco. You remember watching the game, Dallas-San Francisco, as they come out of the halftime locker room, Aaron Andrews, who's covering the Niners, does a little interview with Kyle Shanahan and Kevin Burkhart asks her about it. And Aaron Andrews says, Kyle Shanahan told me we have to do a better job of blocking the Cowboys front four. Our offensive line has got to do a better job. Now that's the head coach saying Mm -hmm. during the broadcast to the sideline reporter, what the issue is. And if they have that problem in this game against the Eagles, they'll have a real problem. And it doesn't, as to your point, this is the only team in NFL history that's had four guys with double-digit sacks. They had 70, which I was listening to that the broadcast, 15 more than any other team in the league this year. So, yes, that is going to be a battle. And then, you know, we talked about the acquisition of A.J. Brown. What? How about the acquisition of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, six sacks to lead the team, one of the top interception makers in the NFL. And that was kind of another little under-the-radar move. This team is, is loaded everywhere and I think obviously that's why they are the one seed and why this is going to be a big time game in the NFC championship I think Hassan Reddick is the guy 
Oh man, he's 16, the number 16, one yeah. offseason acquisition. I mean, yep. and I don't understand why he's not getting Defensive Player of the Year uh, consideration. He's got seventeen and a half sacks, including the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Nick Bosa's got eighteen and a half, including the playoffs. Bosa has been shut out with sacks so far in the postseason. Hassan Reddick absolutely demoralized the Giants' offensive line, especially their young tackle Evan Neal. So um, I think Reddick is the key. Johnson's the key. You got two guys who can cover in Bad Bradbury and Slay. Yep. Uh, but listen. All that being said, the Niners' offense is the best offense the Eagles will have faced all year long. And Shanahan is the best offensive coordinator and designer and play caller that the Eagles have faced all year long. This will be a huge challenge for the Eagles' defense, I think. Sal, since you cover the Eagles, this would be one of those factoids that would come out of the, the Eagles' area. Is, is Reddick the first guy ever to have 11 or more sacks in three consecutive seasons for three different teams? Like, that feels... Feels rare. That feels like that would be a pretty rare thing. He had 12 and a half with Arizona and 20, 11 with Carolina last year, and now 16 with the Eagles this year, which is – that's incredible. Yeah, it is. It sounds like it's right. Yeah, that could be a first for sure. And you look at him, he's long, lean, really super tough, strong. He's got a lot of different moves. He's got a little bull rush to him. He's got an up and under move to him. He's got a swim move to him. He's got a really great explosive first step. He's speed to power. He's got all of those things, so – um, I think, without a doubt, you know, A.J. Brown, great offseason acquisition. Garner Johnson, for sure. Bradbury, stolen from the Giants. Yep. Uh, bringing Linfowl, Joseph, and Namik and Sue after the yeah, commanders on Monday Night yes. Football. I mean, you bring in those two guys. You couldn't stop the run. Now you can stop the run. But I think if I was ranking them, if you were asking me to rank them, I would say Reddick would be number one because of – you know, especially going into this game. To me, that's the difference. If you can terrorize Brock Purdy, flush him to his left, sack him, hit him, <clears throat> you know, it's the city of brotherly shove, man. <laughs> it is. You mentioned Purdy earlier and watched him on the, the matchup show, which is a great show. I, I yeah. love it. Everybody who's a football fan should absolutely watch that show. You guys do a great job, Sal, so thank you for that. But is Kyle – you know, I know Andy Reid's obviously an offensive genius, but is Kyle the genius in the league right now doing what he's able to do? This is a third quarterback. This is the last pick of the draft, and it feels like Brock Purdy does what Kyle tells him to do, and he does it very well. I mean, is, is this something if, – if the Niners do come out of this game, is this a real ratification of what a lot of people around the league already think about Kyle Shanahan? Uh... <laughs> If he had run the ball against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> 23, yeah. I know. Yep. If yep. he had run the ball against the Rams last year, I would say yes. Um, so <clears throat> I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. Okay. Let me get you out of here on this one. Down, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going down the genius road on Kyle Shanahan <laughs> yet. I mean, okay. listen, um, you know, the alchemy of it is. Uh, you know, we can flat out say they got lucky that Brock Purdy was there and that Brock Purdy has the makeup. I just tried to explain, I think, yeah. um, that this guy is super for real, 100%. That's the quarterback of the team. He is yeah. the quarterback of the team now and going into the future. He's not giving up that job, not giving it up. Sal, I'll get you out of here on this one. Really appreciate your time. I wanted a quick read from you on the AFC side of it. All sorts of star power in that one. Jeez. Mahomes beats everybody, but somehow is 0 for 3 against Burrow and Cincinnati. They've led in all three games going into the fourth, all three of them losses. Um, 
it it feels like Cincinnati's got all the momentum in the world, but again, you got to go to Arrowhead and do it again. What chance do you give them? Oh, a pretty good chance. I think it's uh, the defensive coordinator of the Bengals. Oh, a, great. he's great at adjusting. Um, his design is flawless. And then he's got some terrific players. I mean, Hendrickson, without a doubt, is the number one terror on that team. Relentless, tough, sets the tone, won't be denied. And um, their, their, their corners, their safeties are good. The delayed blitzes are timed perfectly. Um, I think Lou Anaramo has done a fantastic job, and I don't understand why people aren't talking about him as a head coaching candidate, frankly. Agreed. I think it's just the burrow shine is so that no one can see past it, but you're right. It has been their defense. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great offensively, but there's so much yeah. burrow shine yeah. right now that people can't see past it. Yeah, I agree that he's a total eclipse of the sun and he should be for sure. Um, you know, listen, how have the, how have the chiefs lost to the Bengals lately? Late, late game, late turnovers. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, Burrow's not turning the ball over at all. I mean, at all. <laughs> no. Two hands no, on the a... ball as he maneuvers around the pocket, so you can't strip him. He's got nice maneuverability around the pocket. So, uh, you know, he's learned to avoid sacks that were easy uh, in the last couple of years. And, gosh, it seems like he's throwing a wide-open people all the time, so he's not throwing <laughs> interceptions either. So yeah, I don't the know best. when was the last oh, time – I don't know when was the last time Joe Burrow had an interception. Do you – I can't even oh. think of one. Haven't watched him. <clears throat> Did he have one year. here? We so we beat him on on Halloween. So he threw an interception in that game and on the opening drive off of a Miles Garrett tip that right, was picked so. by AJ Green. Yep. So it's been but a while. Yeah, back, I'm to, to... back to your point. Your earlier point. Thirty-five and two since what? November first. What is it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. It's been incredible. It's going to be a fun Sunday, and really appreciate you giving us some of your time, Sal. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you. All right, that's the great Sal Pal Antonio joining us on the Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea Hotline official sponsor, your Cleveland Love Browns, Sal Keep Twisted Cleveland. Uh, we'll do a little mailbag coming up next. We've got a presentation to come. Oh, goodness. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And, yes, my Instagram was hacked, so that's fun. That'll be a joy. I know. I had to give mine up earlier. It was gone. They took it from me, and I had to start, like, Nathan Zagura, too. Yeah, I'm not doing it. If it can't be sorted out, I'm, I'm out. Don't say it. Where are people going to get their cocktails in front of your sick bar? Where are we going to get Bootsy content, the bold? Well, that's it. You, you'd be deprived of all of it. But I, what am I supposed to do? I can't I can't live in a world like this. I'm not starting over. Emails, all that. Ugh. It takes – I'm out. It took me to redo it two minutes. The pain is following I got a the guy, people that you follow. I got a guy in meta, in the metaverse, okay. high up in the metaverse. Okay. If he can get me – if he can Paco me, get me to the front of the line – then I'll deal with some sort of restart. But I'm not okay. starting from scratch. Okay. I don't have that okay. in me. Okay. I don't have that in me. All right. What the world needs now. There you go. Uh, a little last CBD? Yes. 
Let's do it. Connor's here. Uh, the Brown no Mailbag is presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner. Your Cleveland Browns. Tweet us our questions at Browns underscore daily and use the hashtag AskCBD. All right, sir, go ahead. Gentlemen, a little bit late here today, but uh, from Bobby Meckling. Oh, really? Just, just go down the Meckling Bobby! train. Bobby! 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 If you could make the ultimate sandwich, what would be on it? Is a taco a sandwich? No. Debatable. That's not no. Why it's is a it not a It's a taco. It's a taco. It's a tortilla versus two pieces of bread. I mean, it's not the same. Okay, fine. My yeah, ultimate sandwich that. would probably be a prime rib sandwich. Lobel's at Yankee Stadium makes an incredible prime. I'm sure they have it at their normal play operations too, but I had one at Yankee Stadium on a bachelor party. Um, prime rib sandwich. Like uh, a French dip. With a with a with uh, an au jus. Yeah, an au jus to dip. And then a, uh, a nice horseradish. Sure, sure. Boy, that's a treat. Yeah, that feels that's that sounds good. Very, very good. Um, it's interesting, as he asked that, the first sandwich that came to my mind was a public sub. Uh, in Florida, they do a... Hold on a second. Just well, hold the phone. I see a lot of public subs at... Uh, They're undefeated. And in, uh, in Atlanta. We They're go delicious. There. I go there with my boy Manto. Yeah. One time he was uh, attacked by a, a hooligan, and I was wearing a shirt that my dad gave me that I was very proud to be wearing that said, Kiss, Kiss French Drink California, and it was a wine shirt. Yeah. And I defended Manto, and he thought it was the funniest thing that, was it? that ever yeah. happened. At a public sub. Public subs. Yeah. Public subs are incredible. People it's a get great heated. sandwich. If you cut in front of them. For sure. Yeah, you got to be yeah. in line. It's it's very. Uh, I used to do. Uh, I haven't had one in 20 years, but I used to do the the white sub, white bread sub. Uh-huh. Uh, the boar's head roast but, beef. It was all boar's head. It's all boar's head, which is probably the key to it. Yeah. Their bread was good, too. Great bread. And then uh, tomato, onion, um, Salt, pepper, vinegar, and oil, and lightest mayo. Just tiny mayo. No mayo for me, but, but their, that was their vinegar was great. And also, you, no shredded lettuce for you? They had great shredded lettuce. They do, but on this particular sandwich, I went without. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. Isn't that amazing of, like, all the places that are in business just for sandwiches and this, Well, they that, all whatever. do great stuff, but that's the first one that came into my head. And then you said the roast beef and that, or the prime rib, and that was Lavelle's. Yeah. So prime rib to me out. would be, like... Big time. The problem, honestly, with the prime rib sandwich was I just kind of wanted the bread out of the way. Agreed. There was a, a wonderful cafe that was in a mall in Livermore when I was growing up that had – it was a French cafe, and they had a French dip that was shaved prime rib, but okay. it was on a baguette, and then yeah. when you dip it into the au jus, it would just – it was – Take it all in? Yeah. yeah. Like, I like that. I'll like a vacuum that. cleaner. Mm -hmm. The other sandwich I'm trying to think about – there's a there's a, a wonderful deli on the east side, Corky and Lenny's. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever been there. No. And one of the first sandwiches I ever had when I came here. This is not for the health food day. This is no, for, this, this is, is a cheat day. They would have a, they had a corned beef that was about yay thick. Sure. And instead of buns or bread, it was latkes. Wow. And then you could dip it in a little apple. It was. That's a win. It was a win. It's a win, dog. No doubt. Beatbox is saying a really good Philly cheesesteak from Steve's, perfectly done with American and mushroom, hard to beat. Why do they? Um, why is it that in Philly they do it on, with the cheese whiz, and everywhere else you get a, a Philly cheesesteak, it's with provolone? I need it with provolone, and in fact, at the Terman Deli at Emory University, my dorm, Elijah was on the grill, and he would make the best. I think it was the best cheesesteak I've ever had. And sometimes you could get what you call an Italian, throw a little, just a dash of marinara across the top. Sure. Of it. Oh, baby. And some hot peppers. Yeah, that's a win. Stop it. That's a win. Yeah. 
Next. This one in from Jersey Dog 17, also known as Russ 2019. Uh, for you, Zagur, in particular. Oh. This season didn't go as well as we anticipated. Oh, you don't we say. can celebrate the great things, such as the people's voice, the vessel of positivity, the great Zagura making it into the broadcast booth. Well, thank sure. you, sir. What did you learn? What will you do differently next season besides stockpiling felt tip markers? It's important. Felt tips are big. Got to have them. Assist to you. Get me a green. Thank you very much when I was in a, in a time of need. Um, I think that what I learned was I learned how to prepare. Like as the season went on, my method got significantly more enhanced. Um, streamlined. Streamlined. Yeah, yep. more efficient. Uh, and then I think it's just, you know, finding that rhythm with Jim. And I think as the season went on, we really, really found that. And so, you know, hope to be able to kind of fall right back into that when the season starts. The preseason is just so different. Uh, so that's hard. But when we get in the regular season, just kind of like staying in that rhythm. I mean, Jim's so great. And my quest for knowledge is never ending. So it'll be for knowledge about our players, knowledge about our scheme. You know, I just got to actually ran into Jim Schwartz uh, in the hall and talked to him yeah. uh, for a little bit. Um, he asked me if I played, and I said, no. I, I, he said, well, you look like you could have played. Said, well, I'll take that as a great compliment. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so, you know, obviously continuing to learn. I, the, the quest of knowledge and ball and schemes and the evolution of what's in vogue in the NFL every year, that's never ending. So it'll just be more of that and, and you know, trying to continue to give good information in a fun way and, and obviously in, in brief periods of time to the, to the audience and enhance their listening experiences, be like a little, be the ajou. Yeah, that's it. The Jim's tremendous French dip. Yeah, that's that's the whole, op I thought you crushed yeah. it, buddy. I've, I've, you know that. Thank you. Um, I've said that you. before. Jess from this, he's from Lakewood, but he grew up in Helena, Montana. God bless him. Uh, best friends actually with my, I was my cousin's ex-wife. Lovely okay. ladies, who's best friends with his her brother, okay. asks who's the best player who's gotten away who would make an impact on the current roster. Demario Davis. Jeez, uh, without question, the guy's been first team All Pro. Yeah, I thought about Poyer and I thought about some of the, but no, that's the Demario, Demario Davis, Davis would be, especially given what we need. Poyer would be those. Those are the two. Yep, those would be the two. Yeah, nobody on offense that mm -hmm. I can think of. You know, no. obviously, I mean, Alex Max retired at this point. Mitchell Schwartz is retired at yeah, this point. Yeah, and we're great so. on the offensive line, so you're fine there. But it's, no, it's those two spots. Davis is crazy. Demario Davis was traded for Calvin Pryor, who punched Ricardo Lewis, who was cut, I think, by week one. Jeez. Here's the crazier thing. Shame on us. Shame on the Jets. The Jets let him go twice. Yeah. They let him go to us. They traded back for him, then they let him go again. He's gone to New Orleans and become one of the best players in the league. Those are the two. Without question. I like that. It's a great question. That is a very good question. Good job. Next, what do you got? From enough from the clown, uh, we, can, we can take this a couple different directions, but if you could pull the ultimate practical joke on Gebe, what would it be? <sighs> it would involve something at the Combine because while I dread, I like it fine once we're there, but the whole operation, I dread the lead-up, that drive, all of it. It would be something to deprive him of his joy at the combine. His joy, even moment lurking. Yeah, yeah, his lurking. lurking. Like maybe, per perhaps, like you yeah. know, that would be a good one. Like have a security guy go, "Hey, we've gotten, we've gotten some complaints about yeah, you're, you're lurking. People are uncomfortable about how much you're lurking yeah. around people." The sad thing is, we're and saying he's out loud right now. He's not listening. He's hardly no, but it. 
So, but that standing. that would be sitting. That would be a great one to him. That would be a good and to one. have the like them be very forceful and like escort him out, yank his credential, NFL yanking credential. Like that would be. That'd I'm be sorry. Fun. That would be mine. That's he'd lose it. Yeah, he'd lose it. Uh, the other would be like simple as just getting in with like you know, Sims to just absolutely just Heisman him again, which would be fun. Should be fun. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, I mean. Sometimes Gibbe just pranks himself. You know, it's just like he naturally. Wednesday night taped. Wednesday night taped was an all-time example of that. Yeah. Still think there should be a T-shirt. I, I'd wear, if anyone's out there want to make a Wednesday night taped T-shirt with Gibbe and the cast of SNL, like pick whoever you want from the cast, like on a T-shirt <laughs> together, I would wear that a lot. I'd be pleased with that. <laughs> One of the great moments of all time. I believe you have that wrong. Stupefying. I mean, absolutely in. stunning. Just leaned in. Just when I will die on this hill. Yeah. And he did dead yeah yeah got some rapid fires from bobby yeah, uh, most addictive game for you what's the most addictive game for you so uh, i'm guessing he's talking about video games right? yeah right now madden although i'm getting very into chess with my son oh and i love I chess with the boys very, i find it's fun. it to be very addictive and like i enjoy it i mean it's a simple board simple pieces simple rules and Dude, every it's, game it's been is great forever for a reason. Forever, yeah. And yeah, it, it challenges awesome. you. Steps ahead. Yeah, yeah. you got to be thinking it. And it's weird. I Does was, Bryce love it? Is he just getting into it now, or has he always? He's been it? getting into it for the last couple months. But yeah. he and he's very good. What's weird to me is I will have games where it is honestly like Queen's Gambit, where I see it all in my head, like twenty moves in a row, and yeah. I just annihilate people. And then there are other games where I'm blind as a bat i can't yeah. see anything i don't know what's going and then all of a sudden i'll just leave my queen exposed i'm like what have i done what are you doing what have i done how can it be so how can i be so good yeah. and so bad yeah most addictive game i played a lot of pickleball this summer that was fun i mean golf's the most addictive game in the world golf is sure a never-ending quest chasing perfection chasing that was unattainable bobby what's the food you usually refuse to share Here's my rule on it. If I, if it is a, like, let's say it's a, let's say it is a, a not a, because it's a big, a prime rib is a big dish or a, those are big things, but, but typically, typically it'll happen like with a sushi or with a, something that is of a smaller commodity. And I will say, this is really good. And if I'm like at a table with people, if I were you, I would get this too. I've had it. It's awesome. You'll love it. And then they go in another direction, and then they the, the stuff shows up, and then oh, can I ha try that? No, you. I told you with fair warning that it was going to be great. <laughs> There's can, nothing else on this menu, dude. It's that's in comparison to it's this. Absurd that we have not broken bread. We'd be hilarious at a restaurant together. We've broken bread. I almost you almost watched me die in Indy. It almost. That doesn't count. I'm talking about like in a. I imagine those comments that you are making were either directed at other couples or perhaps even someone very close and near and dear to your heart. That's what that felt like to me. So I want to see. That. Like it's in the brochure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like to I told that. you. So here's. I, I never have a problem with sharing, and here's why. Yeah. I if I'm I'm the cook. Yep. And Miss Kay is also a lovely cook, but I've tr she has been trained is the wrong word. She is she understands that we make more than could possibly ever be consumed. Yes. Like, that's just the rule. Like, you can never run out of food. That's not okay, where I'm still hungry. And if I go to a restaurant and we're in this situation, yeah. and somebody's eyeballing something I've got, I'll just order another one. 
there is not going to be a situation where like we're not I'm not going to get all that I want. If you yeah. want to get some of that, perfect. Here Here's comes more. Coming. You know Herbie introduced me to one for the table. Yeah, it's a great idea. That's a great idea. Like everybody orders their thing and they're like, you know, every but maybe I'd like a bite of this or that. Right. One for the table. Slice it up. Everybody gets a taste. Oh my god, love all that. the time. I love that. Jojo's. We go to Jojo's. They have a uh, a great vodka sauce. But like it would be a lot to have is just your entree. So we're like, we're gonna get a vodka sauce for the table. And that way, everybody gets a few. Everybody gets a taste. You're happy. Yep. Or if you go to a place where like, man, I'd love some king crab, but I don't need to get the all only king crab. I'd like a steak too. Let's get steaks. Everybody get steaks. King crab for the table. I like it. Last one from Bobby. Would you take it if you had the opportunity to be immortal? <laughs> yeah, Bobby. I like a sweet spot. But a, do I get immortal? Fr- feels like a long. Time. Do I get to fr- like? freeze my age at that like can i say i'm gonna be no you gotta be like the old guy in last crusade at be the like end three thousand years old at some point <laughs> hold of the sword oh <laughs> hold of the sword like three thousand years old no way no i need to that say. whole that whole uh fountain of youth thing in last crusade i don't know if it's all that you thought right i mean that's you're just a really old guy forever forever that's a lot going on but your body can't handle getting that old. So, like, I feel like you should, if you are if immortal, you should get to, like, ch- choose Pick at your what age. age. I am. It would be weird, though, to stay as everyone you loved grew around you. I would think there'd be That's the hard part of being immortal. I understand. Everybody you love is going to die over and over. Over and over and over yeah, and over. You're, you're just going to stay, like, in this one period, Yeah, you know, that you would n- try to navigate. I think I'd go, like, right and now. And then the other thing you 44. say with, like, immor- immortality, like, You'd want to be at the apex of you, not just like fitness and all that, but also financial and everything else. Like, who wants to be in a mortal struggle? Yeah. There's no joy in that, brother. No, I feel like, though, if you're immortal, you're going to be able to, like, really acquire some wealth. I feel like you'll have a lot of knowledge about you should. certain things. There like, should be certain things you'd know. You're gonna know. Yeah, yeah. you have a good handle on it. Right. Um, all right, we're doing this next? That's the plan? We're doing it next. I hope so. I mean, he's not here. He's is not he here. here, and he might not oh, show. Oh, he is here. Oh, he is here. He oh, is my here. God. This is yes. the moment we've waited years oh, for. Oh, my goodness. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Fans, mark your calendars. Face up on the lake presented by Meyer, the How first you major outdoor hockey. Because we're big bees at First dying. Energy Stadium. It's on February 18th. Buckeyes, Wolverines, First Energy. Tickets are on sale now starting just 12 bucks. For more information, firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Uh, every week in the football season, we hand out the BMPPE. That's right. And it goes to someone who relentlessly, maybe we need an R too, pursues perfection and excellence in the way of the great Brad Mellon. And equipment manager of the year. Equipment manager of the year. So many times over you can't even count them. No. Um, and also the man responsible for the, the hoodie that swept the nation. Swept the nation. And we have been in high-speed pursuit of said hoodie for two years, three years? Yeah, at least two. And I would say for men of our caliber it has been maybe the only true unfulfilled quest of our of our time it is our our only failures yes has been around this hoodie and we have been 
teased. Goated. We have been tantalized. We have been, quite frankly, bamboozled, hornswoggled, and and frankly, the butt of jokes. The butt of jokes. We've it's been a diabolical. Diabolical is the word. He's a mastermind. He's a mastermind, is what he is. He's and a, a genius. And now, and it's now all on coming Thursday, home, January the twenty sixth, the year twenty twenty three. Our patience finally is rewarded due to the great generosity, the benevolence, and really the pursuit of perfection embodied by this man, Brad Mellon. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Look at him. Look at him. Come on over. Let have a seat, sir. Come have a seat. Over and have, have a seat. seat. I mean, he's this got, is. He's got gold in his hands. These are. Connor's that mic on. Are we good? We good? Yep. I didn't even know that something this gorgeous was possible, quite frankly. We dreamt. We dreamt it up. We and, dreamt and it up. A lot of credit to you in yeah. that the cream, we were like, because we white had been done. Things oh, have, and we didn't even mention the slight of the white. Oh, there were so many. The so many ruses. The white was in Atlanta, Georgia, down to play the Falcons week four of the season. <laughs> I'm doing TV, and all of a sudden I see Brad Mellon walk out in the white. Jeez. And he is strutting. <laughs> he is strutting in a way that would make Bishop Don Magic Wand jealous <laughs> as he peacocks around in this white. And, and I think, oh, maybe. Maybe it's going to be the white. Not. Nope. Give it away. And some would say to a, an enemy of the program... <laughs> Just a huge slap in the face. And then we didn't relent, and yet here we are today. And, Brad, tell the people what you have with you and how we've arrived at this unbelievable moment. Well, let me tell you something. The stick has been going on for, what, two to three years? Yes. And I have to give kudos to Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler. The King. Dolph Ziggler, all the staff members in broadcasting and my staff. Um, It's been a lot of fun. It has I bet it has. Fun, I bet it's fun to see the it's other side. It's fun to see the other side of it. Right. Yeah, right. If so, the amount of times that we would see somebody walking through and just go, what? <laughs> Fall out of our chairs. Yeah, my staff did a great job, you know, developing this, what, th- three years ago now, I think it was, and it's just really taken off. I asked you the question in the break. Um, when you first did it, because Stefanski was the first one I saw in one in yeah. terms of walking around. When you first did it, the original black. Would you have yep. ever guessed that it would become what it became? I mean, this thing was a phenomenon. Not at all. I never expected it to take off how it how it did take off, and, and really the demand of everybody within the organization, how well they liked it. And uh, you know, there's been some knockoffs done here and there, but uh, you know, we have the original here. But now we have done an original for you. It is not the equipment staff hoodie, but for the Cleveland Browns Daily Radio Show. We have developed, and not developed, but we designed, with the help of some internal people here as well, uh, your own. Look at these. Are you kidding me, people? <laughs> I'm nervous to touch it. I know. I said I can't eat in it. I can't be around other people. Oh my I mean, gosh. so it's it's a cream on a cream Nike with the Cleveland Browns Daily Radio Show. The and L. It's just... Like, I want to cry. There's a part of me that wants to weep. It's a moment we didn't think would ever come, quite frankly. And Gibby tried to make sure that it didn't. He's always trying to to take our joy. Neither did Paul. You know, back in the day. (laughs) Paul, he didn't even know. That was the greatest prank, one that you let marinate for three weeks and let me just go on with my life thinking that he actually did have one and then casually on our way out for rookie minicamp. Like, he doesn't have one. What are you talking about? 
And then Dolph did, did a great job. Dolph too, was great. Up here. And it is hot in here, actually. Yeah. I was thinking about doing the same thing. It sure <laughs> is hot in here. <laughs> because but this is. here. Well, it is the Cleveland Browns daily. It's still not the Cleveland Browns equipment staff. That's no, that's it, does that make up for it? Yes, yes this does. does. No, this make is up for it. This beyond, is, beyond. This is, this is our humbled. wildest dreams come true. Humbled is a great yeah. word. This humbled. is humbled. This is what Kendu we talked about. You know, Joe Thomas, you know, should be going in the Hall of Fame here yeah. in Canton. Yeah. He's yeah. going to get a gold jacket. This is our gold this jacket. This is your gold jacket. Our cream jacket. On behalf of the equipment staff downstairs, which is the greatest staff in yep. the NFL, uh, bar none. Bar none. This is uh, from us to you guys. Thank Dude. you, sir. Thank so you. I have one for you. Thank I you. have one for you, and I don't have one for Gibby. Perfect. Yes, yes. That's oh, sorry. Oh. Miss a little, miss a lot, miss Gibby. A little, Gibby. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This great, gorgeous, just beautiful. Thank you so much, and everything that you do for the organization. I mean, they, our guys look the way they he look. He is the He's best. The best. That's why we have the BMPPE. That's right. I like the BMPPE. And yeah. That's right. And these are still so prestigious. They come with their own little travel case as well. You don't say. Oh, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. I don't want it exposed to the elements. I, I'm uh, not going to eat in it. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I will not eat it. No and way. It, that's why we wear black, because anytime I eat in, in a sweatshirt, if it's light color, it's getting something on it. The cream the <laughs> yeah. cream is dangerous. By the way, you mentioned Jerry the King Lawler. Tell the people what you have on your head, because I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, Jerry sent me a Christmas gift this year, and I got a little box in the mail, and I look, open it up, and it's a nice Christmas card from Jerry, and also this nice little hat. Let's show. Turn your head to the side for the people. Oh, look at that! Signed by Lawler, the I King, into the hat in a silver. That. I mean, it's so. It's thank awesome. you, Jerry, very yeah. much. We love you. Well, yeah. thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, you guys. Mallard, really special. The legend. Great man, Years in the making. Sometimes you wait and you, you wait. You never and know. Back and it, I gave it up. Never gets there. I, I I had given up, but but now it all comes full circle. So it's much so more to come. So sad that Gibby's not here to see the just. He no, be. it's appropriate that he's not. It's appropriate. He'd yeah. rob us of joy. So much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. What a way to close this out! What a thrilling, what a thrilling moment that was. I need Mike Myers Emotional. in here. I'm verklempt. So it's gorgeous. I mean, he's got own bag. Oh my! It's I'm, as you guys know, I'm rarely speechless. I am currently speechless. It's even more beautiful than we dreamed. It's, it's. It's breathtaking. It's stunning. It yeah. And it is a sweatshirt the likes of which I've never even felt before. No, and there's a quality to it. I'm I'm unfamiliar. It's like Yeah. I next feel level. It will Speaking of. Is next. It's next. I mean this is We may be back tomorrow, we may not. I don't know. This Who might knows? be it's a good way to walk. If this is it. If this is it, it's, it's a good been way. a great run. Hell of a run. Great job out of you for the last five years. The next level coming up next, Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.